Hey everybody, welcome back to another Seeing Second podcast. This is Brandon along with Danny, Kyle, and Andy bringing you our fifth episode here live from the D Street Studios. And uh, you're all on the sound waves here so you can't see it, but we have like a beautiful banner in here that Kyle got put together for us. Thanks, and, Kyle. Man, I Makes tell you what. Makes it official. Oh, it looks nice. If I we're... would curl up with it and yeah. use it as a blanket and then shroud myself with it every night. So Kyle, if I'm just gazing past you all night, it's yeah. because I'm looking at our magnificent banner. Yeah. It, it's, it actually took me a lot longer than I thought to decide on the, the font for the uh, recorded live from and then the, the D Street. I almost, I almost went Comic Sans just, just <laughs> as a joke to Brandon, but I was like, this is going to be forever, so I don't want our forever thing to be stained by a little Comic Sans, so went with a little script and then a little block for the, the D Street Studios part of it, but uh, I wanted it to be a surprise, so that's why I, I didn't go with the, didn't go and ask the S expert on what it should look like. Well, I got to tell you what, it is a thing of beauty. I love great typefaces on it. You there we go. <laughs> I, just, I just cried. I cried when I saw it. It's beautiful. So all of you out there, whether you're following us on Twitter, at Seeing Second, thank you very much for following us. Or if you're on Instagram, at Seeing Second Pod. Or if you're following us on the old Seeing Second Facebook. Or if you're emailing us, Seeing Second Podcast at gmail.com. We thank you for all that. And then also, whether you're listening to us on podcast.com or on Stitcher or on Apple Podcast, whether you're sitting at home on the recliner, whether you're in the car on the round again, just can't wait to come out on the round again. Whoa, Willie Nelson just came in here and left. Or He's if retired. The, or if you're, is he really? Yeah. Oh, he's done. He got all his taxes paid, I think. Nice. So, so, good for him. So, uh, not enough people do that now. You know? <laughs> well, he didn't for a while. That's, that was the problem. That's why he was 90 and still performing concerts. Man. Or if you're on the treadmill or whatever, thank you for listening to us. On our platforms, I was noticing, on the ones in which we do have ratings, nobody's given us a rating on Stitcher yet. Can you do that? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I mean, hold on. Hold really on. Sure. As you're talking. Okay. But uh, on podcasts.com and on Apple Podcasts, five stars, and it's more than just four votes. So for those of you who are out there, uh, thank you all for, for that and, and for the encouraging comments and all that. It's pretty nice to see. We all enjoy doing this a lot. And obviously, whether you listen or not, we'd be doing this anyways, uh, to be honest. But, um, you know, for... It's we are ultimately doing it for you all. So we appreciate the comments and the and the good lucks and all that kind of stuff and all of your support. So with all that, Andy, what is good? Episode five. We've we've made it. Five of I think you <laughs> say that every every <laughs> every pot. Five makes a habit. We've made it. I'm just I'm just, you know. It, the dream is becoming a reality. Or there's nothing the else going on in his life yeah. that's positive, but I, just I know he's got a lot. I just to come over, you okay. know? I just count down the, the days and the minutes. Nice. How about you, Danny? What's good is Game of Thrones. There know, we go. I know. Something I can get behind. Yeah, well, the, the book? <laughs> yeah. I realize I'm like 10, 10 years or so late on that, but back in the day, I tried watching 
ep- like the first episode of Game of Thrones, and um, right as someone was getting murdered on screen, like my five-year-old walked in and was like, what, what are you watching? And that was the last time I tried watching Game of Thrones. So years and years later, I'm um, hearing all my buddies talk about it, getting excited about, uh, I don't know, what season did it just end on? It must on? be up in the... 2200s. We don't talk about that in the 1300s, you know? It was a few guys sitting here were talking about it. So I figured, you know what? It it was a book before it was a show, so I'm going to give the book a shot. And that was an ambitious undertaking. Have any of you read the whole thing? Uh, I've read it once, and now I'm I'm listening to it on book on tape for the second time through. On tape? But but I, well, on on my phone. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, But... I did read it one time through. How many cassettes of it? I got a prequel book called A Night in King's Landing or something. Oh, nice. or it's, I haven't got very far, but it was pretty good so far, though. Yeah. That's original author? Like, same author? It's not just some other guy, like, decided so. to throw pretty out Pretty sure. A, no, but, um, so I've been basically trying to read that book since last spring, uh, and I, I took a break during football season. Like, I think it's been three or four months since I've read it at all. Uh, the best part of it is I'll read like four or five chapters and then I'll stop by Kyle's classroom and I'll have to like kind of ask him some questions and make sure that I'm getting everything correct. A little debriefing, which, yeah. is, which is fun. I He hadn't done it for so long when he came by yesterday or today. I'm like, man, this this feels good. I needed Game of Thrones back in my life. So I'm glad he picked it back up. Yeah. So, so last night, yeah, I picked it up. I was going to try to push on through, get a good 45 minutes to an hour of reading in picked it up, started reading where my bookmark was about 10 minutes or so. And I'm thinking, I know I've read, I know I've read this already. Like this has already happened. So I kind of skim forward a little bit and I start reading again. I'm like, nope, I've already read this part too. So it took me 45 minutes to an hour to actually figure out uh, where I left off. Cause I'm pretty sure my daughter, she likes to pick up big books and pretend she's reading them. So I think she just took the bookmark out, shoved it in some other place and um, or so, you're like Brandon, and you already know. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Brandon. No. Yeah, but, Brandon. Yeah. So I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to power through, finish that, and start from episode one. So I guess if you run into me out and about, no spoilers. <laughs> but there's so much going on in that book, and I'm assuming that show that you could probably tell me something that happens, and I won't remember it at all. Yeah, there's there's a couple of flagship things that happen that, as as you see them for the first time, will be kind of earth shattering to you. I watched the, the the show first, and it was one thing that everybody was pretty proud of because the book readers, for everybody who just watched the show, actually let the surprises be surprises because it would have been really easy for the book readers just to kind of spoil everything. Yeah. And it was a it was a nice community, and yeah, when you get this book finished, I want to be right there when you watch it, at least for the first couple of episodes because. It's about due. It's been about a year and a half. It's I'm almost due for that next rewatch. I've probably been through the whole episode or the whole series probably yeah. three or four times already. I think I'm due. I, and to watch it with somebody who's never seen it before, I think it would be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to be there for some. So, of that. so my I guess my final my final observation. You you can tell me if this is the same when you're watching it, but I'm maybe seven eighths through the book and I don't even know which characters I like and which I don't like. Like, I feel like, Oh, that'll be a common thread throughout the whole series, which is really cool. Like most books you read, it's pretty set up who you're supposed to hate and who you're supposed to like. It it ebbs and flows. I kind of hate them all and like them all. Yeah. They all, which is awesome. 
that's why there it's I think the greatest series ever is because the the character development is is phenomenal. And Gosh, what a nerd yeah. nerd cast here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I I've never read it, but like I'm like just the English guy in me is like character development. That's like a key yeah. term you come across in high school English class. Brandon, do you think you would have liked the show as much had you read the book first and you knew everything that was going to happen? I pro- I don't think I would have liked it as much. Yeah, I I think you actually have it backwards, yeah. Danny. Well, after after this yeah. first book, I think you should now get ahead on the sh- the TV series because some of the stuff that happens in the TV series is honestly going to blow your mind, and it's probably going to blow your mind in the book too. But then it's going to probably compare and contrast yeah. the reading later. Well, yeah. I've like been sneaking peeks a little bit. Like I'll like go to YouTube and try to find like what something looks like because I'll be yeah. super curious. But uh, the last time I read books and then watched the movie and was super excited, it was The Hunger Games, and I actually thought Whoa. I thought Whoa. I thought all the Hunger Games movies were bad. Like I was so into the books, but I thought the movies were bad. Yeah. But, I, I think I, you're, I think we should once we get by the first season because the first season is the first book. I think we need to to flip this okay. a little bit. I I won't read any more of them. I can't commit to that. But I'll probably watch the rest <laughs> of the seasons. So you you love the first book, but now you won't. It's hard work. It is. It is. I've I read through it once. I had the whole set. My wife got it for me for Christmas one time, and now I've never cracked open the second book. But yeah. I was like, all right, I'm gonna start and I'm gonna listen to them, and that's how I'm gonna go through yeah. it. So other than getting to talk about uh, Game of Thrones with me again, what what's good? I don't know. That kind of just that <laughs> takes the cake. I think honestly, there's a lot of good stuff that's going on. Uh, hopefully, we can win some basketball games here. Uh, but no, I I really enjoyed that little conversation. I think we should start a Game of Thrones podcast. Oh, man. To be honest <laughs> with you, God, we we would actually, and this is a shock to you. We're actually more knowledgeable about college football than we would be on the the world of Game of Thrones, but my God, it would be fun. Oh, just looking, just looking on the internet, there is some. I mean, you can get deep into the Game of Thrones oh, world. Yeah. I can tell already. So another podcast I listened to as I was rewatching it, they dedicated slay second. Yeah, <laughs> they dedicated an hour podcast. For every Game of Thrones episodes, they broke it down. They had all these categories, oh, hey. and it was a great way to spend the summer because they they played them all during the summer as it led up to I think season seven. Oh. So I would watch the episode and I'd listen to the podcast. I would watch an episode. I would listen to a podcast. So that summer, I probably spent a week's worth of the summer if you added them all up, either watching Game of Thrones or listening to Game of Thrones podcasts. I took, what a summer. I took a class one time in college about like leadership and developing relationships. And one of the things was you should try to find people's hot buttons, like things, you know, what gets people going? What do they really like to talk about? And I think it's pretty clear we found Kyle's hot button here one tonight, guys. There's lots of them. That's <laughs> one of them. No Game of Thrones hot button. Yeah. Anything good with you, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose there's some good things. Uh, biggest good thing, uh, my daughter's birthday was I saw this that. weekend. So. Woo! Happy birthday to Maddie P. Happy out birthday. There. So that was pretty fun. Long time listener. That. Yep. Yeah, long time listener. Jeez. Not by choice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's pretty much good with all of us. College football's over, uh, the regular season's over. And if you listen uh, carefully, 
that type that, of that's the sound of the freaking wind blowing through the echoes of my heart, <laughs> which once overfloweth with college football, and now it's just void and dark, and I'm looking for something to fill it in. So uh, college football season, games are over, but on the other hand, it's not really... A slow time of year. We have the carousel going. We got the circus happening. We got some players that are ready to graduate and, and to go to the professional NFL. We got some people that are ready to leave early to go to the NFL. We have some players that want to switch and go to another college. And people from that college go to another college. And we have some of the coaches that want to move up to the NFL. We got NFL coaches who want to go down to college. And this whole thing, the whole coaching carousel, all that stuff... A uh, ton of stuff going on here, and so I thought we'd start off with uh, players that are leaving, and it could be like anybody who you think's going to be, you know, like who's going to go first, Chase Young or Joe Burrow, for right. instance, or or it could be like who are you most surprised about the underclassmen leaving, or who are you surprised uh, if they're if they are staying, and then um, was that you who Danny who emailed the. Uh, article about the people right, graduating yep. early. The yep. There's, I put the, some, leaving for the draft or leaving college early for the draft for a right. variety of reasons. Right. And I, uh, I crunched some numbers I'll mention down at the end for that. I used my Microsoft Excel skills nice. and uh, did some stuff for that. But I'll turn it to you guys uh, and let you uh, each go first. Danny, do you want to go first? Sure. Well, what, one thing, you know, the article that I sent you guys, it just listed... <coughs> everybody that's leaving college early to enter the draft. And one of the things that I noticed on there that was really interesting is there's a handful of guys that graduated like in under four years. So they've got their degree and they still have to get special clearance to, you know, not play that fourth year in college and go to the NFL. So can you imagine being like, well, knocked out my college degree, pretty sweet at college football. Think I'm going to try my hand at the NFL now. Well, yeah, because you have to be three years out of your high school football career. And so I didn't even know that was a possibility where if you can prove to the NFL that you have completed your degree, that you can actually kind of get this special waiver. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't know. There's probably other things working there. But if a guy was able to get a degree that, you know, shorter than four years and be that good at football, I think. I think well, that's pretty amazing. My guess would be there's a lot of sociology degrees, <laughs> a, hey. lot of, uh, a lot of uh, African studies, whatever kind of the, uh, the typical, hey, I'm a college football. Yeah, communications <laughs> would be a good one. Whatever the typical yeah. college football degree is, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of those being handed out. To I, would, I would think, like, I know part of the thing with the NFL is, like, they want – Obviously, people to be bigger and stronger by the time they get up there. Mm -hmm. But I would think especially where the average career is so short, they would feel better players going into the NFL already having a degree. Right. So then when they leave, they're not saying, well, I went to the NFL and I, I wasn't smart enough to do anything yeah. else. But if they leave and they're like, hey, I already have my degree in communications, I can go work for ESPN. Or I have my teaching degree, I could go and teach and coach or right. whatever. Yep. So I would think they would you know, kind of really encourage students to want to get that degree prior to right. coming up to the NFL. As, as far as names go, I think I just kind of went through, with my limited knowledge, I just 
checked all the names that I recognized first and then went through and thought about those ones. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about Isaiah Simmons, uh, linebacker from Clemson, because he was the guy that they always talk about. You know, he's part safety, part linebacker. So my question is, where, where do you see him fitting in the NFL then? Like, what do you think his skill set most lends to? I like those versatile guys uh, who, you know, especially now where you're not sure if the other team's going to run the ball or you're going to throw it, and having the hybrid guy who can play a little bit of both and if you don't want to substitute into your nickel or you don't want to substitute out from like your 4-3 or whatever right. you you're not going to get totally burned and plus special teams like love special teams so I, I like seeing him as kind of that guy almost like kind of Malcolm Jenkins type for the Eagles you know who's he's a safety in his younger years but now he plays up a little bit closer kind well, of stuff. Back in the day when we had <clears throat> Levante David, he was too small when he was right. getting drafted. But now, like Mark Barron, that those guys are like the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Those are who who everybody's looking for. So and we're seeing a lot of transition to that. I, we could talk for an hour about Levante David. I, I mean, I love that guy. And who's that linebacker you really Quan like? Alexander. Quan Alexander. They're, they're middle linebackers for the Buccaneers. Now, Quan Alexander's... He's the guy that the 49ers just got back a couple of weeks ago and made a, a great defense even better because he's just a, a flat-out athlete. Uh, a guy like a guy like the one you're talking about, I already forgot his name. Isaiah Simmons? Uh, yeah. When, when I get to play GM on Madden, and just so you guys know, I'm back-to-back Super Bowl champions with the Cleveland Browns with my, with my buddies. My big move was to trade for Jamal Adams on the Jets, who is a, a safety and I put him as my middle linebacker, a guy that can go sideline to sideline. You do give up a lot of size and with teams like the Ravens that just run straight downhill. It's probably not the matchup for him, but when the majority of the league is, is spread and they pass those short passes and get the, the running backs to the flats and screen passes, to me that's what the prototypical linebacker is going to look like because you need somebody that can hold up to the run, but – somebody that can fly around sideline to sideline. So I think he's going to be a, a high pick. I, I remember in the Ohio State game, I think it was J.K. Dobbins on his first long run. It was him that was trailing him. It wasn't any of the defensive backs. And I was like, wow, who is that tall, lengthy guy that's just almost catching him yeah. from behind? And it was yep. he's kind of a, a special specimen. Speaking of Dobbins, that was another name that I kind of was thinking about. How does he fare in the NFL, do you think? I think, it, like, I was looking at J.K. Dobbins and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. If I was a, a college running back, the second I thought I could get drafted, oh. I'm going. Because that position more than any other, if you're taking those carries for free, you're kind of losing yourself money because Brandon already mentioned how quick that these guys kind of get used up. Uh, it's even worse for a running back. So as soon as those guys get good enough to get their name called and – and I don't know if we'll ever see that many running backs taken in the first round, but late first round, early second, third round draft picks, like you got to go because there's only there's only going to be so many Saquon Barkley's who still kind of require that top five pick. If you can get paid to be a running back, you got to go because that those carries are too it valuable. It reminds me a little of Miles Sanders last year coming out of Penn State. Playing behind Saquon Barkley didn't have a lot of tread on yeah. the tires and got drafted early for 
you know, really like one year. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and just to add to the running back discussion, part of me wishes, though, that they did stay four years. Like a Jonathan Taylor, who has all, all these accolades already, what would a fourth year look like for Jonathan Taylor? You know, he's so close to that all-time rushing record. Um, he broke the record for through a, his junior year. What would that fourth year look like? And I feel like sometimes, though, we're getting robbed of – not that, you know, obviously the NFL is... We're getting them. robbed. Yeah. We're, I thought that we are getting robbed. No? That, that's okay. the only other thing that I jotted down, like, in all caps. I would always leave early. Like, yeah. if I... Yeah. Like, that's me personally. If I had two years of college under my belt and someone was like, hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money to just, you know, leave school teach and come, come teach somewhere, right? I'd be like, okay, probably do that. Right? Yeah, Ron Dane has all these records right now, and what's that getting for him? Like, he had a, a short stint in the NFL, yeah. Yeah. but that's not a name that gets brought up in the in kind of the history of, of college football. So, no, to me, if you can get the money, go. I see your, your boy T. Higgins is also in the draft as well. Again, I mean, if you can get paid to play football, I'd, I'd go do it. Now, I, I guess it's probably a balance between, like, would another year in college set you up for, you know, a longer career or, you know, ultimately more fame or a bigger paycheck but nope if i if i get paid a lot of money to to uh do any sport i'd take it as soon as they offered it to me and then worry about other things later well we're seeing a lot of rookies have big impacts especially in the running back room the receiver room Mm -hmm. and the d-line room have all been areas where it's a quick progression to the nfl and you're playing a lot and you're having success and so i mean shoot a receiver who's big and strong like t higgins you know it's only going to the sky's the limit and at, at that point. I know Alabama always has, like, guys to replace their other five-star guys, but, man, their offense took a hit. Every wide receiver they have is going early. Uh, Tua is going early, obviously, and without even needing to say it, Tua's injury is a perfect reason why you go as soon as yeah. you can. Right. Well, it's interesting, though. The one guy who is coming back from Alabama, that's a high-profile guy, is a running back. And... Alabama's running game hasn't been anything like it has been since Sarkeesian and um, oh shoot, Kiffin were there, really orchestrating that offense. But, I mean, still a, a big piece of Alabama's offense is coming back. But you're not – you don't have Tula. You don't have those receivers you're talking about. And so it's just crazy that they can get rid of all those weapons off the shelf and have a, a darn good running back but you still think of how much they lost in production. Heck yeah. Who, who suffers more next year, uh, LSU with their coaches that are leaving? Coaches and <laughs> defensive guys and yep. a couple receivers. Or Alabama with the players that are leaving. If you uh, – according to these numbers uh, broken <laughs> down earlier on, on the sink. So, like, I ran through that. Uh, and, th- again, this is just the players that were leaving early too, you know. But LSU had nine players – Leaving early, Alabama had six for that. Right. That's but that's crazy. Um, I think. Uh, and on top of that, the guy. Yeah, the ones that four year guys. Who yeah, are yeah. Out. So that both are losing a lot of talent. Yeah. But like what you said, Kyle, that Alabama. Yeah, the cover's to, never bare. Yeah. But Alabama's most of their losses are offensive. They have like two or three receivers going to a couple of linemen where. LSU, and obviously they're losing Joe Burrow because he's graduating, but their losses of underclassmen are 
on both sides of the ball because both middle linebackers and Del Pitt are, are leaving on, on the defensive side. Plus you have the running back and Jefferson is leaving. Uh, I think Chase is actually just a, a sophomore, so he couldn't leave or else he, his name would be on that list too. I think too if you would ask Nick Saban who he would – which side he would want to lose. You know, if yeah. he said, well, if I'm losing offense and I'm bringing back a strong defense and, you know, that's kind of – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The style. best, worst part for the Crimson Tide this year was they had a middle linebacker get hurt in the preseason, and then another one transferred or whatever. I think he's going to Colorado. So they were starting two freshmen at the middle linebacker position off and on throughout the year. So they had a lot of youth play, and so um, they should only be better next year. Any other names you guys want to throw out there? I think Chase Young is probably the best player. Joe Burrow's probably going to go first, and and Chase Young's going to go quickly after him. So it would be it would be weird not to at least mention his name sure. of being the best player in college football. If if there's a few guys, at least I'm surprised. Jordan loves one quarterback that I'm surprised is leaving. He burst on the scene as a sophomore at Utah State two years ago and threw for a ton of yards. Um, court, the coach ended up going to Texas Tech. Uh, and they got a new coach, and his year didn't go very well. And so he had the option to come back, and he still chose to leave early. And, yeah, his upside's great, but he's playing in the Mountain West where the defenses are not the SEC and things like that. And so just seeing his up and down the last two years is kind of interesting or intriguing to see if it was a payoff. Might tell you he didn't think that his second year with the new coach is going to go any better than the first year. Yeah, that's a good point, too. There were a lot of a lot of quarterbacks scrolling through that list yeah. where I was like, I haven't really heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah. And then <clears throat> the other one I'm surprised is leaving early, or second one I'm surprised is leaving early, is just Jake Fromm. And granted, he's a great quarterback. He started uh, his freshman year at Georgia and feels like he's been there forever. But he just seemed like a program guy. He was that stereotypical uh, strong run game at Georgia. Jake Fromm, if you don't have to rely on him to throw 45 times, he was going to win you a ton of games just because he was accurate and could make every throw. But it's just interesting when you see... And Georgia already went shopping on the transfer portal too. Spoiler alert. (laughs) When when I think of Jake Fromm, and obviously I'm not a big Georgia Bulldog fan, but just... I've watched enough of his game. Like, he's good, but he's not great. In my opinion, Jake Fromm sees the opportunity of Chase Daniel kind of being on his way out, so he's going to be trying to replace that Chase Daniel type (laughs) of a guy who is hopefully going to make millions and millions of dollars constantly being a backup quarterback because Chase Daniel has had a couple chances when Trubisky gets hurt and this and that to actually play. And I honestly don't know if, if he wants to. I think <laughs> no. he likes being the guy in the baseball cap with the yep. with the headphones in his ear and just being that that good pro, that consummate pro. Would you rather be a backup NFL quarterback for life or like a, like a rotational pitcher in the major leagues for life? Backup quarterback. Really? No. I think both those sound nice. When, oh, yeah. Well, I'm not saying situational pitcher when I'm coming out to throw – eight straight fastballs, and then I'm done for the day. Yeah. No, no, like, st- oh, okay. I was thinking, like, starting pitcher, oh, no, pitch every four or five days. No. It would definitely be that lefty who only comes in against So you lefties. never want to be on the field. <laughs> well, if, if you're going to say, you, you do know that football hurts, right? <laughs> like, getting paid millions of dollars just to get to have all of the NFL lifestyle yeah. and then none of the head trauma and the pain that goes with it. Wear the but red jersey so they can't tackle You're arguing practice. for pitcher then. 
it's non-contact and you're just going to hang out most of the time. Yeah, but I also know that throwing 100 miles an hour for years of my life is probably going to be pretty painful at a certain point. Yeah. And being a backup there's quarterback. Surger- there's surgeries and stuff for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like surgery. I've had a plenty of them. Nope. My, uh, couple you're not going to have to worry about making that decision, though. Yeah, so. you're right. A couple players who I just marked down. Obviously, Troy Dye from Oregon, linebacker, uh, somebody not leaving early, but I'll miss watching him play for the last four years. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, I just see him fitting in a lot of good different teams, and I think he's going to be pretty good. And then my surprise, I had down for Jacob Eason from Washington. And again, with the quarterbacks, you know, with, with this year's class at the top, you know, and I know you want to get your money early, but I think he is somebody who could have um, improved with another year of development. And especially with sometimes you get that new head coach, and it, I, it could be a risk-reward, but you get the new head coach, maybe the offense is a little <laughs> different, and then those scouts say, oh, look, they did something different on the offense, and he he's learned multiple different kind of systems with that. So. Well, and Easton is – the guy who uh, Jake Fromm beat out to start at right. Georgia. So then Easton left and went to Washington, had to sit out a year behind Browning, mm-hmm. who we haven't really heard from in the NFL too too much. Um, but then Easton, again, five-star guy, can make all the throws. Chris Pearson has a pretty complex pro-style offense. Yeah. But the production wasn't there, so it's an interesting that he'd leave when... I felt there was too much... You know, too much of a bowl game win high, maybe, in that decision. I don't know. Maybe not. Now, and I know this isn't a Nebraska Cornhusker pod, but do you guys, and it's not like we're full of of NFL talent, but do any of you guys have Husker players that you're going to miss seeing? Like, I'm pretty sure J.D. Spielman graduating would be one that you mentioned, but... The guy I'm honestly going to miss the most, and, and he was pretty hot and cold, but I just love the fire he had. Like, I'm going to miss Lamar Jackson. Oh, no. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> I just I like the guys who don't mind kind of getting in the middle of that kind of stuff. And and he'd be talking. Uh, mistake and, after mistake. I honestly don't know how he's an NFL talent because I feel like he's just mistaken. We celebrated at my house senior day. Good riddance. I just I don't know. I can't. I'm so curious how he does in the NFL. Like, just, well, that's one one position that we have. He's big, a, right? Well, and we have a lot of guys that are just kind of hanging around. And I was gonna kind of bring it up later, but I, I kind of I know I'd space it off. But the the Husker and the Super Bowl streak is gonna come to the end this year. And the one guy that we had playing last year or last week that had a chance, you guys know who it was? Josh Kalou. Josh Kalou. And oh, it's yeah, like those kind of guys, like defensive backs from Nebraska, like Denard had a good yeah. spell in the NFL. Like the Bullocks. Yeah. Oh, I love Prince. Like all of those guys, I just, I, if there's one position that I always kind of get kind of attached to it in Nebraska, it's the defensive backs. And I don't now, know why. That streak does end, but there's a coach. For the San Francisco 49ers, who played his football career at Nebraska. Do you know who that is? Negative. One of is the Tom Rathman still there? I don't think so. It's one of the Bullock brothers. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Coach of safeties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe we can start a different. That, so, Danny, do you have any anybody that you're going to miss? Nope. <laughs> no? J.D. Spielman doesn't do it for you? Uh, I, I feel like we've got... 
I feel like we've got replacements that are that similar. Yeah, but it's of, not about replacements. It's no. about these guys have been in your lives. Like not really. Last year when when Stanley Morgan was kind of breaking some records and he got dinged up and he didn't even know if he was going to play in those last couple of games. Like I was kind of sad and then I was happy for him to kind of end that on a high note. And and this is these have been like the least successful classes of yeah. uh, Nebraska kind of incoming freshmen over the last few years, but. You spend all Saturday with them, you know, and you don't no. have any nice words to say for any of them. The last the player Davis I thought. Twins? No, I just, I honestly, I haven't been very attached to these guys since yeah. Amir. It's probably Amir was the last guy who I was like, man, I, I love seeing that guy get an extra one or two yards every time he runs the ball, and like. Well, and we've had so much turnover just with the roster and the coaching staff that like we have so many young guys, and then those young guys are playing over the old guys, and so like, there's just. Yeah. Oh, that hit and missed. Yeah, little known fact about me: I I wanted to name one of my kids before I had kids. I wanted to name him Prince because I thought Prince Mukamira had a cool oh. first name. Oh yeah. And then I then I graduated from Prince to can I pull off naming my kid King? That I just <laughs> just giving your kid that powerful name that kind of demanded some respect when people said it. Like Prince just has that kind of that nobility sound to it. King obviously. No, it means actual royalty. <laughs> but like. It just it carries some weight if somebody has to sit there and call you Prince for the entire life, or if somebody is sitting there saying, "Hey, King, what's going on?" Like, there's power in that, I think. And Take notes out there. But yeah. kids call you Mister and Sir all day, so that's got to be. Yeah, it's different <laughs> if it's your first name. <laughs> all right, so that's players leaving early, uh, or just going to the NFL in general. Uh, next thing we have on here is the transfer protocol. And so if you guys want to say if you like it or not, for me, it's, I don't really know. You know, my, my big thing is, you know, you're, you're student athletes and, and they need to make the decision for what's best for their lives. You never hear of a player, oh, somebody left Alabama to go to Oklahoma because their geology professor left or because <laughs> their engineering thing went from fifth best to tenth best in the nation, you know. But, you know, and I understand what the whole thing is, but you're, the odds of everybody going to the NFL, you know, are not very good. So I, I hate to see that. And I know it's, it's unrealistic for back, to think of back in the day when people would go to the school and then they played football because that was the school they were going to. Right. But it works out good for uh, teams like Oklahoma because otherwise, heaven forbid, they'd have to develop a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about uh, transfer protocol and then uh, players who you think are good fits or where you think it might be a mistake and, and that kind of thing? I kind of like it. I love I, it. I mean, until someone that I really you know care about in the Huskers transfers to play at some bigger school, it might be a little upsetting then. Yeah. But, I mean, so far, you know, we haven't really seen anybody blow up in our face that we had and then – we let go and then turn big somewhere else, but well, if you want to bring up the dead horse again, you could almost say Joe Burrow, but <laughs> wow, well, we never really had him though. We so could have. Well, though. okay, that's a whole different argument. <laughs> but uh, clearly, if you follow Twitter, it's a whole different argument. Yeah. But I don't know. I just it it keeps college football in the headlines. I mean, there's always those system fits or the why would they choose their talks that are going on and. I mean, I mean it's rule changes too, right? It's not yeah. just hey, we got a website now. Well, 
I mean, the rules are making it easier yeah. to oh, for sure. to transfer. Yeah. Also, I was just assuming it was a quarterback uh, portal. <laughs> like, I've, I haven't heard. Have you ever heard of other of non quarterbacks get talked a, about? A that random are, D lineman or a random yeah. wide receiver type. Of yeah, player. I don't think you really pay attention to it unless it affects your team, either a player leaving or a player coming. But I would assume, like especially now since it's a little bit newer, over the next couple of years, you'll you'll start to hear. Oh, he started out in somewhere and now he's been here the last couple of years doing well and well and that's the whole the Heisman ballot this year was of the four finalists only one committed to the uh, school they were at when they were on the Heisman ballot and it wasn't the quarterback and everybody else started at Ohio State <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no I I kind of like it and again I'm not one of those guys that you see on TV that's like oh you gotta pay the players or this and that and you kind of get on that soapbox but it does kind of give the players at least a little bit of, of a freedom of choice because we're going to talk about coaches moving all the time. And, like, that's who talks you into coming to the school that you want to go to. Like, obviously, if you're born in Nebraska and raised in Nebraska, then being a Cornhusker can be in your blood. But I would assume most of the guys that are coming to Nebraska from all across the country are not coming because they're huge Cornhusker fans. They're coming because they bought into what a coach told them. And so if you're going to buy into what a coach told you and they sold you on this program and on their vision, and then two years into your college stint, that coach says, peace out, I'm going to a, a better place, then I think the players should have the right to kind of right. do that too. And I would assume all college coaches hate it because they don't have the control over it that they used to. They can't hold somebody out or they can't pull somebody's scholarship yeah. as punishment. So, I don't know. I kind of like it. Um, the only one that I really talked about or could even think about is uh, De'Eric King from yeah. Houston to Miami. I think that's the only one that I've seen that might make actually kind of a difference. But That one's weird to me, though, because here he has this QB-friendly system coached by Dana Holgram. Holger, oh, my gosh, I can't talk today. What's his name? Holger Morgel? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Dan Holgrimson. Gosh, there's not no M. No, no Jeez, M's. That's like two weeks in a row. And now he's going to Miami where they have had QB trouble after QB trouble. They started three different quarterbacks. They have Tate Martell playing receiver because they have so many quarterbacks on their roster. Um, and he's, you know, Manny Diaz has kind of ran a pro-style offense in his first year, and he's not really a pro-style quarterback. And so it's just it's a weird move for me. Well, yeah. and this is the guy that – Redshirted halfway through. early in the yeah. season because he knew his team. I mean, this guy, he's gaming the system to the full extent. Well, and his his dad right after came out and said, nope, he's fully committed to yeah. Houston. He's not going anywhere. This is about right. his future and the team's future and not this year. And then, sure enough, he's out. Miami does have a new offensive coordinator. Diaz deals with the defense. Mm -hmm. so It looked like it against Louisiana Tech. Yeah. <laughs> well, so – they, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. I don't know anything about him, but I would assume if they have an, a quarterback that's an athlete, maybe Martell moves back, maybe he doesn't, because that's always a, a guy that you hear might go into the transfer pro, uh, portal. But, uh, no, he's the only guy that really stood out to me that's doing it this year. I don't really have uh, anybody else. I just I put down uh, appreciation for Brooke Beringer. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Just for – it makes you appreciate those people, yeah. you know, integral part of a national championship and then literally mop-up duty, you know, yeah, and yeah. never complain, never 
you know, and there wasn't social media back in those days, yeah. but I don't think he would have been the person who would have, you know, been starting stuff or anything right. like that. I mean, that. It's, it's certainly changed the game, but it, yeah. it's, you know, could also look at it as continuing to evolve over sure. all these years. I mean, it, school sports started in the first place because it was a reason to get the student body, like, rallying around something and excited, mm -hmm. right? Well, these things have evolved and, and changed over time to to what it is now. And I, I, I think it's fun to uh, just, like, think about coaches sitting there like, well, quarterback just left. Let's all uh, let's get all on the portal there and start the scrolling agency. through. And uh, who do we got here? Okay, yeah, this guy. Oh, Chase Bryce. He's leaving Clemson. Maybe we maybe we pick this guy up. And um, so I was I was curious about it earlier today and went on, assuming that I too could just go scroll through the portal. And uh, it turns out ordinary Joe's can't get on there. You gotta have oh, wow. a you gotta have an account and everything. I tried signing up for an account, it wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> I, I view the portal like those old car commercials that I can't even remember where it like had all these cars driving by, driving yeah. by, and then you put I want a great car and then oh, boom, yeah. all the great <laughs> cars come up. Cars.com and then he's like, Oh, I want a convertible and boom. So that's how I picture it, is just all these guys standing in a room and said, All right, I want a quarterback. Yeah. And then boom, everybody else that's not a quarterback goes and I want a guy that can run a four or five, and then and so you just get right. to kind of narrow it down. Yeah. that would be the worst virtual reality like app possible. Like, <laughs> and I, going. I want them to have to put like a full profile on there, like it's a dating website. <laughs> just put everything, what you're interested in, what you do on the weekends. I mean, non-committal. Yeah, to two or three more yeah. schools. Yeah, coaches need to know all this stuff before they before they make you an offer. But uh, I did throw in there Chase Bryce leaving Clemson. Um, he did lead them to a big win uh, when Trevor Lawrence was out. I can't remember what game that was, but Pitt, I imagine he's Syracuse. he's got to be decent. Yeah. So, Syracuse. yeah, I just, when Brandon brought up Brooke Berenger, it kind of made me think like, just think if the the portal would have been here in the mid '90s. So when Scott Frost went to Stanford and then he came back, if he could have been in the portal and just came straight in and played, because wasn't he there at the, in the '95 season when he was sitting out? So we yeah. could have had. We could have had Tommy Frazier, Brooke Berenger, and Scott Frost all in, in our quarterback <laughs> room. room. That would have been cool. All right, so I have a couple because I like doing this dumb research. Uh, I had Derek King, obviously. Another one, Felipe Franks. Like, I feel like he's been at Florida forever, and then he transfers to Arkansas. I thought that was just an interesting – I didn't know that. Stayed one. within yep. the SEC. Um, new coach at Arkansas, yeah. obviously, but – just an interesting state within the SEC, even though Felipe Franks hasn't been a, a world beater beater because yeah. he obviously got beat out this year. You're going to be able to see what guys on Florida he got along with yeah. and which guys he didn't when they get <laughs> lined up and play. Uh, a second one is Jamie Newman. He played quarterback at Wake Forest. He was a, a big, strong quarterback who pretty much was their offense against uh, Michigan State in that pinstripe bowl this Love year. Love that bowl. That great bowl. Uh, but drove the drove them down the first drive in like three plays and hit a big fake QB power over the top pass. That was pretty impressive. Uh, two more, a little less known. Uh, both I think Brandon will appreciate. The first one is a Temple uh, former Temple player. Tight uh, end. Nope, oh. Quincy Roche. He plays D end. Uh, he was the AAC Player of the Year in the, on the defensive side of the ball, and so he's still open to his recruiting. But he. Uh, 
he was kind of the one bright spot for about a quarter in that bowl game against North Carolina before he got hurt. And then the other one is one of the five quarterbacks from the Wyoming Cowboys, uh, Tyler Vanderwall, who started against Boise State, and that game didn't go too hot. But he's transferring to the Bengals of Idaho State. Mm. So he's dropping down to the FCS level into a pretty tough Big Sky Conference, and we'll see if how he stacks against the... Pretty yeah. tough Big Sky Conference. Yeah. Hey, the good. big dogs of the well, little... Well, the Idaho State's not very good in the Big Sky Conference, which is us. Where is Idaho State? Do you know what town that's in? Idaho. Oh. City. Idaho <laughs> City. Welcome. No, I mean, those are the just... The little potato. <laughs> Jeez. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys want to talk about yeah, Game, Game of Thrones some more? Yeah, I got, I got a lot <laughs> um, stored up. So, anything else for transfer protocol or anything? No, I do like it. It's interesting to me. Um, but even I think every name that we mentioned besides one does kind of make it seem like it is just the quarterback portal. That's what I'm saying. And I love it. I like to figure out who's going to be quarterback for all these teams next year. That's how I'm going to, I guess, me being the only one really against it, I'm going to look at it from those glasses next year and see if it changes my attitude about it maybe then it'll be more interesting i think i'd prefer you to be just kind of disgruntled about it all right yeah i, yeah. I was gonna try no, but yeah, you don't have to go inside, i wasn't going no. to yeah, yeah. But before we move I'm on though what, what are your opinions glasses. about alabama oh making the my top four <laughs> i even said something nice about them earlier and i don't remember i blurred Slipped out fainted and forgot who i was for a little bit um so uh the next thing we have is uh the coaching carousel so you know, as much as I dislike, you know, and I'm not just being one-sided, for me personally, you know, the player portal, you know, on the other hand, I see these coaches taking a job for the first time, looking at the players and saying, hey, your other coaches ain't here. That's not your fault. That's not my fault. All I can do is tell you I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can, and I'm not going to be that guy who's going to leave it the first chance for a better opportunity elsewhere narrator voice <laughs> but he would leave it the first opportunity for a better job elsewhere and then as that happens it's not the Giants. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um you know uh for as far as coaches uh going to the nfl we can we can talk about both i did split it out on the notes uh just for the little side topic at the end of this where we could talk about most successful in both areas yeah. but um and there was, and I got to say before we get to this, this might be a shorter segment because going into this, there was a lot of speculation of a ton of people from the NFL yeah. and coaches uh, from college and that kind of stuff, and then they didn't really pan out. But there's a few openings and that kind of thing. So um, whoever wants to start off with. All right. So I'm, I'm interested in how Dave Aranda is going to do a Baylor. Uh, it was what Mark Rule did, a Mark Rule thing, or did he set up Baylor for uh, success long-term? Now, Baylor had a few guys go pro. Uh, that will really hurt on the, the, the line front. But just because Dave Aranda's had a great pedigree of coaching defense. He was at Wisconsin when Wisconsin was uh, really rocking and rolling with the Watt brothers. And now he's been at LSU. And so two probably pretty top-tier uh, defensive jobs. Danny, do you got anything? Well, the one that I'm the, the the college to NFL one that I'm most interested in is obviously the the Panthers. Like you know, after Rule leaves there, 
goes to his NFL gig and then somehow swipes Joe Brady away from LSU. And we talked about it, you know, on the last podcast, but who's going to be their quarterback? Is, is it going to be Cam? Are they going to try to, you know, maneuver and, and do something different? I think that's just going to be an intriguing story as we go into the NFL season. Yeah, I think the the part, and I'm just kind of looking at some some names here on jobs that were open and then jobs that were full. Like, how many coaches are there out there? There's there's millions of people that can coach. There's always like the ones that you hear about, like oh, four years ago they were coaching Texas high school football yeah. and now they're high D one. Like to me, and and obviously I don't know all these names, but just just think about some of these names that kind of filled some of these open jobs. Yeah, I'm just going to name a few. Willie Taggart, uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, uh, Greg Schiano back at Rutgers, yeah. Brady Hoke. Like, it's it's just a recycling of guys that they've already tried. Like, you would think wow. that some of these colleges would like to, to kind of branch out and try somebody new. But again, like, it can't get more rinse and repeat than Greg Schiano kind of raising Rutgers yeah. up going to the pros, going to this college, being an assistant, and then now what are we doing? We're right back at Rutgers. Well, and that, I think that's one of the – that's more an issue at the NFL level. I feel oh, yeah. like the NFL just recycles and like, well, you're a D coordinator, so be the head coach. Well, you got fired. Now you can be the D coordinator somewhere else again, and then, oh, look, another job later, you're a head coach again. And it just, I put uh, – um, I thought like uh, Shiano going back to – uh, Rutgers. I didn't think that one was as bad, uh, just where he was there. And he's done other things and come back. But uh, Brady Hoke going back to San Diego State as a retread, I thought. That's the, be- that's the best one out of well, all of them for me. And that's yeah, an interesting one just because uh, Brady Hoke's kind of usually that spread guy in South Dakota State – or not San Diego State, Wolf, the other SDSU. Uh, San the Diego real State, SDSU yes. would be South Dakota yes. State. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State is the opposite of spread. They've had uh, Pomfrey and then a guy mm-hmm. before him who set a ton of records, and they are I formation handed off. And they've been times. successful lately. Yeah, and I kind of feel like they could have done a little bit. <laughs> so Bra- Brady Hoke, obviously, the story has gone full circle, or sort of full cir- circle, back to San Diego State, head coach at all these other places. What do you think his highest winning percentage was at what school as a head coach? Who was it? San Diego State? Is that Michigan? Like he did his yeah, best job yeah. at Michigan. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's sixty like percent winning percentage though. I think he so he was only like two games over five hundred wow. at uh, San Diego State his first wow. stint. That's interesting. Oh yeah, that was that to me that's that's the best story because I just want to know what his mindset is. He's sh- certainly still getting paid a lot of money to yeah. coach football. Probably not, you know, twenty years ago where he thought he would be at the <laughs> peak of his career but he still gets to live in San Diego and make a decent amount of money and that team I you know looking back uh their previous coach has them set up pretty well they Rocky Long. yeah he didn't get fired or anything he just retired and so hey well, he might, he might looking, do pretty well there he was looking to be the D coordinator like Syracuse or something random like that and then decided he was going to retire instead which is kind of a weird weird I put um for a couple other ones, uh, Jeff Scott, who was the co-offensive coordinator from Clemson to USF, yeah. that kind of has like a Scott Frost at UCF vibe to me a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a good recruiter, but you don't have to be a great recruiter in the state of Florida. And then for um, NFL ones on there, I put um, Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator at USC, 
interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles and there's other NFL teams and he says he doesn't want to leave USC. So that leads me to speculate. Maybe they He's said you're going to be the new head coach. Mm-hmm. Or you know oh. what I mean? Because I would find it hard to say, yeah, I'm really happy with what we have going here. And I I don't know. Like, I don't think people are too keen on keeping their head coach there after oh. things. And then also, um, Kerry Coombs, the uh, Titans defensive back coach, he was originally a defensive back coach at Ohio State when Urban Meyer first went there. And he's coming back now to replace Shiano as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. And he's a more seasoned coach. He's not a younger one. So I thought that was kind of not a head position, but, you know. Yeah. I have a couple more to add to that. Uh, Steve Adazio, he's the new Colorado State coach. <laughs> yeah, let's get Danny uh, fired up about that. He uh, coach, coached at Boston College, and I, I, I really enjoyed him. Partly, I think, is because of A.J. Dillon, who – uh, had a who was like 260 pounds playing running back. He wasn't that big, but it sure looked like it. Um, but they were successful the last four or five years at Boston College and had a few key injuries this year and went six and six and mm-hmm. ended up getting the door, which was kind of upsetting. Uh, of course, the the Mississippi Mississippi State coaches Kiffin and Leach. Uh, Wait, we're just skipping over Adazio. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My bad. I know you were really fired up about. Colorado. No, I just I was <laughs> laughing earlier because how would you feel if you were. Colorado State fan right now, like you're. Right. Well, apparently Andy's excited. I saw like the, <laughs> but some like, publication it gave it sounds like better a D than minus for Mike a, Bobo a, and uh, John Bob, whatever his other name was. Uh, well, the last two coaches have had the weirdest names. So possible. your coach gets fired because presumably you're not winning. He's ha- but and he, and he's Boston replaced Paul by another coach that who, just who, fired their coach for not winning. Like how? Okay, think about how Husker fans like were as ecstatic as you could possibly be with the Scott Frost hire because of all of the optimism and what was going to happen. Well, who was Colorado State going to be, though? When I think of Colorado State, I think they would, you know, I'm like, oh, they'll hire an up-and-comer who's maybe going to step in. So not somebody who's kind of going the other way. I mean, a full nationwide coaching search. You can dig up through all these assistants, and you find this dude who... Somebody who just got fired. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. Okay. And also, why isn't there a a coach portal? Like, why can't ADs just lazily scroll through some website and be like, well, he'd he'd never come here, but this guy... That's probably a lot more apparent than uh, the actual, like... QB portal. Could be. All right, a couple more. Uh, the potential of Pelini back at LSU. That's been a rumor the last couple of days, which would be kind of cool. Uh, Bobby Petrino to Missouri State <laughs> just because of that mass chaos that ensued at Louisville and Arkansas and Louisville again. Louisville again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now that's going to be an interesting just because they're in the Missouri Valley with North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Oh, yeah. Missouri State was not good this year. Youngstown State's in it, and they went like 4-8 and eight and – had a you know, tough schedule. Uh, so there's a lot of power there. And then the biggest up-and-comer, hired at Northern Colorado, Ed McCaffrey. Oh, that was an interesting one. Wow. Coached high school, and I was the head coach at Northern Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I did see fun. that because somebody made the joke of his son was going to transfer now to <laughs> Northern Colorado. Wow. Yeah, he was doing like radio and TV and yeah. stuff for the Broncos, I think, for the last few years. Jeez. So coaches, or did anybody else have any? Uh, so coaches in NFL and um, and college, 
I have I have some, but I'll let you guys go, and then any that's not said, I'll go at the end. Well, I have, I have a question. It's just one a simple answer, okay? And as as I've seen, you know, coaches try the NFL and then come back to the college, uh-huh. or vice versa. Um, would you rather coach in the NFL, maybe the worst team, be the head coach of the worst team in the NFL, or continue to be a top head coach at the successful programs in college football? I'd go NFL. There's only 32 well, and jobs. That's like, Just that's to say you, you had one of them, even know. if it would be for three hours by the <laughs> yeah, time they yeah. let me go, and they knew I was a fraud, you know, they would. Uh, I'd be like, for three hours, man. I was one of 32 people. See, I think, like, when you talk about recycling of coaches, I think there's a lot of guys that you would say, this guy could be a pretty good NFL coach, this guy could be a pretty good head coach at the college level, but I don't think there's a, hand, there's a handful of guys that actually really, really want to take that on. Like, the hours that you put in, living there basically the entire time, all of the stress and, and everything, to me it'd be easier to be a really good assistant Find a good program that's going to pay you a lot of money, rather than say, "Okay, no, I want to be the, I want to be the head guy." But I also think it, that's the same with politicians. Like a lot of people could be a pretty good government official, but there's not a lot of people who kind of have the the ego and the confidence mix to really want to do it. So I, that's that's kind of my answer for the, the recycling of coaches. Yeah. So I guess I'm not even exactly sure where where we're kind of at. Are we? Are we talking about people that we thought was more successful at one or the other, or what are we, what are we trying to talk? Successful, like... Well, the question was, yeah. would you rather take on well, an NFL job or a college job? But yeah. then also coaches that we think are well, so good I, at both. Yeah, yeah, I guess the the one coach that obviously comes to mind is is Nick Saban, who has ruled college football forever, and then for the one short spell that he went to the NFL... A lot, some things didn't go his way, and then he he kind of bailed and ran back to to college as quick as he could, and and you can speculate why that is. Maybe he he didn't have the type of control of an NFL locker room as yeah. he can with the college level. Maybe it's because uh, the college level you can you can be better at different things. Like defense is is probably a, a bigger impact on on college games than it is NFL, because in the NFL it's just talent you're just dealing with the world's best talent where college you can kind of have advantages in other spots uh to me i don't know like it depends like the college atmosphere like when you're the head coach at a college program it feels like you run the place and if you look at any state college if you look at where or who the highest state employee is it's always the football head coach. So you essentially run the state. Like in Nebraska, Scott Frost runs the state of Nebraska. It's not the governor. It's not anybody else. Like I've seen so many pictures lately of, of Scott Frost like in his pickup driving through Dunkin' Donuts or Scott Frost at some small-town bar where he's hunting. Like, yep, hunting trips. Like he is just the most famous guy in Nebraska. It, like would it suck to be at Dunkin' Donuts picking up your – your small coffee and your glazed donut and having people take your picture, it probably does, but it also has a lot of perks to it where the NFL, it, it's it's a lot of pressure, it's it's a lot of turnover, uh, but I don't know. Like Brandon says, I, I think it would be awesome just one time when they have those coaches meetings during the Pro Bowl where Andy Reid's always wearing his Hawaii shirt when everybody else is in suit and tie. 
it would be awesome to be in that picture one time because, like you said, it is one out of 32. Right. Just watching the combine with them all, sitting there, you yeah. know, and that kind of stuff. Um, so who do you think would be best, like, best coaches who did college and NFL? Successful at both. While these guys are thinking, because I don't, <laughs> I, awkward pauses, I feel like I have to fill with my voice. I'll go back to Saban. Just if you go back to his tenure at Miami, just just think of how different would it be if Drew Brees signed with Miami while he was there instead of getting Dante Culpepper. If they have Drew Brees, a is Drew Brees the same guy that he's become in in uh, New Orleans, or is he just another guy and he kind of gets recycled like Dante Culpepper did? But like if you can take the Drew Brees career that he had in New Orleans and just say, hey, what if it happened in Miami? Then just think none of this Alabama stuff with Nick Saban has probably happens. Because mm-hmm. if you have that quarterback, if you have that type of success, why would you ever leave? So I guess that's not who I think would be the best. I think that might be the craziest what if maybe. Pete Carroll. That's a good one. I, I mean, think Pete Carroll's a great modern modern example. And he's gone sure. back and forth. Like yeah. he, he and done Patriots. pretty well. He was originally at the Patriots, yep. right? Patriots, then USC for eight years, lots of success to the Seahawks. Lots of scandal too, but winning's winning. That stuff's happening everywhere. Yeah. yeah. He's probably cheap, got you're caught. Not trying, for, you know? Also, did you know that he is the head coach and executive VP of football operations since two thousand seven at the Seahawks? So he's got multiple titles as well. Yeah. The only other name that comes to mind, just because I'm such a college guy, they leave to go to the NFL, I can't forget about them. Uh-huh. Um, just Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, just because that's a, that's he, a good one, you know, he had fire with Kaepernick in San Francisco, left and obviously went to Michigan where he's obviously underperformed, but he's still in every headline. He's good still good Stanford too. And then obviously the one that got him to the NFL, Stanford. So, I mean, just the consistency. Now, obviously Michigan is unhappy with him. But still he's still eight and, yeah. you know, he's still yeah. at Michigan, still being his khaki self. I put down Jimmy Johnson, obviously, yeah. from oh, Miami yeah. and the Cowboys, Barry Switzer yep. from uh, Oklahoma and the Cowboys. But I think, like we talked about that before, I think any one of us four could have led those Cowboys <laughs> to a Super Bowl. Championships, though. Yeah. There's, there's three coaches that have won a Super Bowl and a college football national championship. Jimmy Johnson. Switzer, right. Switzer, and, Switzer and, Pete and Pete Carroll. Yeah, so I That's mean, you crazy. probably got to put those guys toward the top of Man, yeah. most success. And I think those guys, those are two completely different things, like a head college football coach and an NFL yeah. coach. And to be able to have like the skill set, the character, um, the ability, like Pete Carroll could get along with anyone on the face of the earth probably. Mm-hmm. I find him annoying a little bit because of that, because he's got that – you know, a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of swagger, but I bet you we could probably be pretty good friends. And to be able to connect with the NFL athletes and, and the college athletes, I, I think that's that's pretty impressive. I also put on two others. Uh, one of them I put Bill Walsh from, he was a lot more successful at Stanford in the 70s than when he came back later. But then obviously with the 49ers and being oh. the... Yeah engineer of the west coast offense which whether spread people want to say it or not you know the west coast is in everything the route combinations and then i also put dick for uh because he was pretty good at uh, ucla 
They played at a Rose Bowl. He was only there for a few years. Then he went to the Eagles. Then he retired. It took them to a Super Bowl loss. Retired. Went back to the Rams and won a Super Bowl. Is he them. the playoffs guy? No, no. Is that Jim Mora? Yeah. Um, Dick from Mills, the one who cried every other. Cry all the time. <laughs> he was pretty emotional. He was also the speaker at the Nebraska Coaches Clinic a couple of years ago, yeah. which was he was actually really good. Had a couple of Lawrence Phillips conversations. Uh, here's one thing, and it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but I'm about one year away from being just super annoyed by all this Lincoln Riley talk. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if he's this world's greatest coach, all right, then go to the NFL. If he just honestly flat out said, no, I'm staying in college, then we wouldn't have to hear about it every year. But he must be just dragging this thing along just enough to – to keep his name in here, and and you already made kind of the joke of maybe Oklahoma should develop their own quarterback instead of just kind of piggybacking off of everybody else's work. But that's one thing I'm getting a little annoyed with is just like, oh, where's Lincoln Riley going to go to the NFL? Like, what has he won ever? I think he's a little overrated. Yeah, what has he ever won in Oklahoma? Yeah, good offenses in the the Big 12. Congratulations. Yeah, which everybody does. Everybody in your conference has. And everybody says, oh, he's going to the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys finally fired Garrett for like the third time where it's Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, and it also went quiet. As an NFC East fan, I, as an Eagle fan, I would have welcomed it because I think <laughs> defense is not going to be putting them with in a system where everything is designed to be equal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to outcoach anybody mm-hmm. in the NFL, but that's just me. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think he's no – and I, honestly, I kind of like Cliff Kingsbury and just kind of what he did with Arizona. But I honestly think Lincoln Riley might be a, a poor man's Cl- Cliff Kingsbury with with twice the publicity. And, oh, yeah. And the twice the athletes. Yeah. Crazy thing, too, about Cliff Kingsbury. So that Graham Harold, offense coordinator from USC, Cliff Kingsbury – Mike Leach is starting to develop a little bit of a coaching tree of former yeah. quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And of pro quarterbacks. Yeah, like yeah, that's pro crazy. coordinators, potentially, if Graham so, actually does leave. Yeah, I thought that was, mm-hmm. when you said that, that just yeah. reminded me, and I was like, wow. All those people were like, when Nebraska was in the Big 12, and I was like, thank God that guy graduated. No. Yeah. And then there's a new fifth-year senior who's going <laughs> to throw for just as many yards, and it's like, how do they do that? It's unbelievable. So... All right, so uh, for the discussion topic for... What have we been doing since <laughs> leading up to this? Yeah. If, if we haven't even got set, to this, real talk. <laughs> Hashtag real talk. Real talk. So uh, we uh, posed the question out for our social media followers. Uh, if you could choose any opening in college football, um, you know, who would you be? And for us, it was a different, a slightly more difficult challenge. We could only choose... From schools that there was an opening of this year and so uh, some of these on here uh, we had some good responses uh, from these and then I'll turn it loose here over to Andy next but uh, we had uh, we had Josh at Hauser NP I believe is the old Twitter handle he's from, he's from Chicago right? and uh, from Chicago and so um, <laughs> he said grit he would go Akron zips because the only way to go is up which I was pretty good <laughs> All right, so good good response by Josh. Tyson Cromie says he looks forward to Pizza to Pizza House in Ann Arbor for his Wolverine Weekly radio show. <laughs> Maggie says Aloha, wants to coach in Hawaii. And with the freezing cold as this winter, that does sound pretty awesome right now. Coach 
Bernie Madison says, "Once a dog, always a dog," and had a gif of, uh, um, and had a gif of uh, Georgia Bulldogs on there. <laughs> and then uh, Ad Doslin says, "Texas because they pay a lot, and with me as their head coach, they wouldn't win a game." <laughs> I like that. And uh, we also have James Tiers is a big fan of Rocky Top. We're gonna just have to make a list of every team that. Uh, James Tiers is a fan of this. <laughs> but uh, so he like, but I do like Rocky Top song as well. And he says, so you go Tennessee. Uh, Rick posted on Twitter uh, a picture of Will Ferrell kicking field goals into the USC crowd. So Trojan posts there. Uh, Dan, who changed his Twitter, <laughs> there song, we go. I refuse Dang to it. say the new one. Yeah, let's bring go back, back the numbers. Go back to the old one that I had to read on here. And, <laughs> You start most of our character limit for that. But anyway, Dan, you know, hey, you know he's listening though. I if he actually changed it, so that's that's changing back. That's positive peer yep. pressure right there. <laughs> so I'm saying he had a great one. He said it's a little shot at Iowa at the border rivals of ours right now. Said he would go Iowa. You can be mediocre and have a job for 20 years. <laughs> and then uh, kind of along the lines of uh, Doslin's at hate my coach says uh, he would choose Alabama so he could guarantee that they would suck. So a little sabotage, which leads me to believe uh, the old disgruntled fan, he may be my spirit animal. <laughs> Sounds that way. So uh, great responses for all those, I thought. And and we said on there, like, the best responses have gifts and or GIF. But the person who actually, here's a little side thing, a little information for if you're the inventor of the GIF out there, as you like to call it, so the G stands for graphic, and the word is not graphic, it's graphic. So the word should be GIF. So the person who made the word and the pronunciation is wrong. I'm just here to tell mm, them that. Call them out. Yeah, I'm doing it right now, so tell that person. Or they're probably listening. And so um, <laughs> yes. anyway, I'm sure they're college football fans, and they're like, that's some again. There's their one star. Um, <laughs> so for us, our challenge was to choose, like we said, an opening of a team that it could be one that was already filled now, you know, from from this. But uh, we're going to talk about who, what job we would want, why, like who would be our first hire to any kind of information you'd like to share out. Now, just before we move on, because I'll, I'll go second or third or fourth on this, but <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you bring so, so up... So not first? Yeah, that, that's pretty much. I just don't want to be first. But when you talk about the old Rocky Top... Have any of you guys been to a game involving Tennessee? I, I bet know. you you have, Kyle. I have, because that's going to lead me to I my asked. story. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The old Rocky Top is catchy for about the first 25 times. <laughs> but for the next 25,000 times that they do it at the game, when they start doing the old Rocky yep. Top, woo! It gets a little old. <laughs> gets a little old. That's the tiger roar at Northwestern. Yeah. Every time they ever do anything like good. Like a tackle. Snap yeah. the ball. Rawr. And it's terrible. And so, Near yeah, a little high school stadium. I actually, just over the last couple of years, I went to two Tennessee games, and, and I think I mentioned before that my cousin, uh, her husband, played at Tennessee and is a big Tennessee fan, and they live in Tennessee. Like I said, it, 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 it catches on, and then you catch yourself doing it, but then, like I said, about the 45th time that you yep. hear the woo, it's a little old. <laughs> I do like, and it's not just... Uh, kind of only for uh, the Tennessee fans, but it's the first time I heard it. It's a nice little cheer that I like to say in my head every once in a while. It's like, it's great to be 
a Tennessee Vol, I say it's, and it, like you just start saying that, like that's the catch you want to get stuck in your head. So now I always kind of do it with like the Bulldogs of oh, nice. of, of our school, and this it, it has a nice little ring to it. And when a, when a thousand people are chanting it out, it's pretty powerful stuff. I like it. All right, I to like your it. to your coaching vacancies. All righty. Do you have a, I want to know if Kyle has like a SoundCloud account we could check out with all his <laughs> remixes of the Tennessee song. Well, it's it's really just the North Platte Bulldogs because it has the same uh, vowels or the same syllables, right. but it works for a lot of things. It's great to hate Danny Whitney. <laughs> I say it's great <laughs> to hate wow. Danny Not Whitney. Bad. See, it works for a lot of it's things. Great to be NS2 podcaster. <laughs> oh, That's a little more positive than the other one. Nice. All right, so I'll kick this bad boy off. Who are we coaching? The UTSA Roadrunners. That is Texas San Antonio. Uh, first off, they play in the Alamo Dome. Yeah. That's got to be just a key selling point there. A little piece of history there in the old Texas. Um, first off, some of the... Oh, you do know that's not the real Alamo, right? <laughs> what? I'm <laughs> just making sure. Well, now I gotta go back to the drawing board. Um, but what I would do if I was the UTSA head coach, uh, recruit the heck out of Texas. I mean, there's enough players there, enough people in Texas. There's gotta be a lot of players that you know can play football. The second one is live in the transfer portal. I know Texas fans <laughs> aren't happy, so there's people leaving UT, people leaving Texas A&M all the time. Live in that thing. Get a get a one of those Joe Burrows if you could. Um, for my offensive coordinator, I'd be looking at Phil Longo or Brent Deerman. They're a lot of the same. Air Raid, throw it around, RPO. They both have won at the DU2 level, the FCS level, and then have been great offensive coordinators. Uh, Phil Longo right now is at UNC with old Mac Brown. Mac Attack. Mac Attack. And Brent Deerman's at KU. He took over as the offensive coordinator halfway through the year, and then all of a sudden KU almost beat Texas the next week. And so he's been kind of a spark for the old Jayhawks, little life in Lawrence. And Colorado State could not have reached out to like either of those guys that for their head coaching sense, vacancy? You no, know? okay. Uh, D coordinator, if I had my dream one, it would be Jimmy Lake. He's the new Washington head coach, but probably not coming south to the Alamo Dome. So I'd probably go with uh, Scott, Scotty, real name Scotty. That's what's on everything. It says Scotty, not Scott. Scotty. Good. Sticking with it. Yep. Uh, Hazleton, he's the Wyoming D coordinator. Uh, he was a linebacker's coach at Jacksonville before that, but his defense has always been uh, top five in the FCS when he was at North Dakota State. Um, Jacksonville's had a pretty good defensive staff the last few years, maybe not recently, but back when they had Miles Jack as a rookie, things like that. Um, and then now at Wyoming. Now, it would be, like, I didn't really do the assistant coaches. I kind of have another tangent. I'm going to go on that. But, like, that would be hard. And I assumed you were going to pick kind of a, a lower-tier program just because I'm I know you're Because he's Andy. I'm a lower-tiered person because I'm – is that a high joke? <laughs> but one going from the defensive coordinator job at Wyoming to the defensive coordinator job at UTSA weather, be a step you know, down. Weather, though. You're playing in a dome in Texas. That's pretty air conditioning. Yeah, I, I just didn't know, and that's why I, I struggled <laughs> with it. Or you this. could find a place with an actual good climate, and you don't need yeah. the dome. I didn't know you are such a big dome guy. Yeah. I feel like we've had that conversation with North Dakota State. Nah, it's not a dome. It's a whatever you called it, but... But yeah, yeah I, I like, like I didn't pick, I didn't pick coaches like that because I knew I was gonna struggle with like trying to decide. Well, 
Yeah, for my defensive coordinator, I'm going to have Nick Saban. And for my <laughs> offensive, so I was going to struggle with that one regardless. But, Danny, what do you got going on? Because I think we're, we're probably going to be in the kind of the same boat. Well, so I guess I approach this a little bit differently. If I was actually looking at uh, coaching vacancies, um, I would start with location. We've talked about this before. I want to live in a place that um, I, you know, appeals to me. So I just scrolled through the list of jobs that were vacant at some point this year. They've all been filled, but I just looked at what the vacancies were. Um, the ones that I found that sounded really appealing to me were Washington. Uh, I've never been to Seattle, but I would like I would like it there. Their stadium's in a really cool location, um, right off the Sound or whatever that is on the on the you know West Coast. Um, I went with San Diego State. San Diego is in my top three cities of the United States of America. Great zoo. Uh, it's actually it's like number one. So San Diego would be a, a nice place to live. And then third was Colorado State. Uh, Denver Front Range area is also in my in my top three cities. If you're wondering, my top three cities. Well, you already gave us two of them. Boca well, Raton. Number one. Mm, I would. It's. It's a great place, like for a resort to visit. I don't know if I'd want to live there. So that well, I just that, live on the resort. That didn't. I could like a little Mike Riley action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So <laughs> the top city number one, resort. San Diego. Tie for second is uh, you know Denver Front Range area. So I'll put Fort Collins in there, uh, tied with Chicago. There were no vacancies in the Chicago area. Uh, I'm sure, there's high school. That's a. That's <laughs> oh, a weird, we could do high schools or the Bears. Like, are the Bears still? That's a weird happy? like climate. Climate. Then you have Chicago. Like, yeah. What's high. what's Chicago do for you? Oh, just the the city. It's just amazing the way that they built it. The way that the the trains run. There's so much culture and character there. The best thing you could ever do. Here's a little travel tip. You go to Chicago. You take the uh, river architecture tour. That doesn't sound like it's going to be exciting, but you get on a boat. There's a, there's a person like narrating the whole thing. You go down the Chicago River, you look at all the different buildings there that, that have been built, you sort of in different like architectural eras. They explain the whole thing to you. It's amazing. You're all looking at me in a weird never way. Heard of the Chicago River, I, you know, been. I think that's the river that flows through Chicago. But um, my kind of town. Let me just give you kind of, let me give you the rundown and then. I'm going to ask you guys to make the decision for me. Are you prepared quick, for that? I, I do want to just hop in here because I do remember an earlier podcast where Danny was also talking about locations on where he would want to live. And I strictly remember him saying that he once Googled uh, cities that have the least amount of wind. Yeah. And so in his top three places, because he hates the wind, and in his top three places where he would like to move and live for the rest of his life is one that is literally nicknamed the Windy City. That's a false nickname. Though. Yeah, two things. That's a false nickname. There's other um, references like, you know, windy politicians that talk too much that got the name Windy City. Um, secondly, I said my three favorite cities. I didn't say cities that I'd like to live, just three favorite and third, there's no opening in Chicago, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. That seems like I substituted Washington for Chicago. Any other questions before we... <laughs> no, I was just trying to catch you and making sure that we're on the same page no. here. Have you guys been to Chicago? I'm actually planning on a trip this just next flying. summer. It's I amazing, man. Some college football Chicago, it's amazing. But... So you, you, can, you fly in. You don't need to rent a car at all. You just hop on the train. It takes you downtown or wherever you want to go. For the rest of your stay there, you no, never have to drive anywhere. 
Um, you take the train down to Wrigleyville, which is another amazing experience. That's where we're going to stay. Experience. We're going to a Cubs game. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, so fun. Like, there's just so many fun like things. we or? Well, no. Oh. Not with you guys. I'm <laughs> not going to go anywhere with you, you said guys. we. I thought when I... do you plan on going? Uh, June 17th and 18th, okay. I think. I'm going to be so annoying, like in May. I'm just going to be every day telling you things you should try. You know, I'll be that guy like, hey, you should think about doing this, man. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, and then I'll get back to the actual college football. So I guess I have flown into Chicago O'Hare. Never left the airport. Yep. Does that count of being in Chicago? Not or even like, like in the grand scheme of things on when you say, like, have I been to a state or not? Like if it'd be more than. I do not like deep dish pizza. I don't know. New York style all the way. It's it's like a casserole or something. Because I love Chicago, but I don't like the pizza. So, location, we talked about that. Now, two of these programs uh, have pretty solid base. Like, they've been winning a lot lately. Um, That'd be San Diego State. Their their previous coach, Rocky Long, who retired, so he didn't get fired or anything, uh, went 81 and 38 in his time there. Bowl game every season and uh, three Mountain West championships. So there would be high expectation going in there. Now, this is a mini DeLorean question. Were they a part of that Boise State potential jump to the Big East way back when, or was that somebody else? I feel like for some reason they were going to join Boise State and join the Big East. By you asking that question, you prove that you know more about that topic than I do because I have no idea. No, that's okay. That's interesting. Um, Tweet us if that's... Accurate. So there's that. Then the Washington one, you know, another program that's been pretty successful. I don't know if uh, you'd say Peterson resigned or retired. Obviously, we talked about before that he's still got a role there on the uh, teaching staff. But uh, multiple 10-win seasons, three three straight New Year's Bowls in his tenure, uh, and then the college football playoff trip in 2016. The opposite of that, then, would be no expectation at all for success, which is Colorado State. We already mentioned they fired Mike Bobo. They hired a coach that also got fired. Um, they were 7-17 seven and 17 in their last two seasons. I think that the last success they had was probably with McIlwain. Was that, does that sound years. accurate? Yeah. yeah. Um, after him. Also known as Shark Guy, <laughs> which I would love to have a conversation if, there's, if it's ever been figured out if that picture with the shark was him or not. So It's not, but it's still funny. Like, like it's been proven, like yeah. he went to Snopes.com and they said that's... Yeah, I, okay. I listened to the Levitard show enough to know that it's Okay, not all right. But the last success they had seemed to be a while ago. That was ago. a great Levitard series right there. So my question for you guys is what would be better for me, knowing me, to go into a place where there's no expectation, me getting paid a lot of money, and then I see if I can have any sort of success there, or going into a place where they've had high expectations over time and seeing if I can just sort of milk that for all it's worth for as long as I can, knowing my ultimate goal here is just buy out. <laughs> so it's really the this whole thing hinges upon whoever's going to give me a contract where they're like we'll pay you for a year and if you're terrible we'll like just pay you to quit so i don't <laughs> know where, you, the life? where do you got me san diego state colorado state or washington i'm this gonna is- say you should go to san diego state they can most of the time they're good their running back is by far their best player mm-hmm. 
and you'll probably just you have can, one yeah. and that'll come there because of the tradition. You could tell them like hand off left, toss right, and it'd be like a real yeah. play. You get a, you get I a, played quarterback in seventh grade. We ran the option. I pitched it every single time we ever ran the option. So I could probably just call some option plays. or You'll get to uh, travel to Colorado State. Yeah. You know, yep. visit Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii beat job security, though. So I maybe think, you don't so I think the that. travel destinations yeah. for the away games would okay. be nice. So you got me at my, San Diego my, State. My play in a Chicago Bowl game just hit every Ooh. Marker, you know? Ooh. Kyle, where am I going? Yeah, I don't know. I think you're kind of a family man. Your family's all here. True. I, I, I think I see you more... In the in the front range in the mountains than I ever would see you like on the beaches of San Diego. Okay. So just what I know of you, I see that like the cultural fit is better at Colorado State. What uh, what type of con like how many years do you think I should push for in my contract? If you're trying to go buyout, you got to go three to five. Yeah, I, I would say five, and then you got to hope for you're getting five years, ten million. Like is your million. contract right. two million a year? Buy. If you go one year and then you're done, then yeah. that's not that good. You also a, a go. big beer guy in Colorado State. Obviously has yeah, breweries. Yeah, a lot of microbreweries. Yeah, they actually they so they built a new stadium and uh, built a whole porch area. It's called the New Belgium Porch, which you know, obviously yeah. sponsored by uh, by that company. And one of my other favorite breweries is Odell. And that's in Fort Collins also. But so. if we're talking about beer now, I think Kincaider's going to rival. Um, any of any Washington of those other two? Washington is good hops country. That's that is true. So is that enough hops to? Country. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna brew, okay. So probably not if you're gonna. <laughs> Your coach. hands are gonna be pretty full. <laughs> coach of the football. Not that big college be... football coaching thing. I'm going Steve Spurrier, man. I'm gonna tell him straight ahead of time. Like I'm putting in a 40 hour work week, and I'm gonna need a golf club membership, and I'll do the best I can for you. <laughs> Sounds good. Andy, any? Uh, any other thoughts? The only thing that makes me nervous about Colorado State is last week we talked about how ugly the North Dakota State jerseys oh, are. Oh, yeah. Like the green and the – now it's not green and yellow. It's green and gold. Are you going to be able to stomach green and gold? That'll be hard. And last I checked, they were sponsored by, sponsored by Russell Brand. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's changed at, at all, but I'll be like the, uh, the Kyle Shanahan. I'm not going to wear the stuff they check out to me. I'm going to go get my own cooler stuff to wear. You can go flat, Bill. So, flat bill hat, flat. Yeah, some, just something maybe. different. Danny's something, a beanie guy. Yeah. He'd be wearing a beanie. Yeah. Colorado, at least you'd have the climate. I don't know, but enough about me. Where, where are you guys coaching? Uh, Randy, you got something off the top of your head? You want me to go? It's up to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was kind of hard to me for me, and I, I kind of thought about going down the Danny route and trying to pick a, a climate that I would like. So then. Like, it felt like every Florida school had openings. You had Florida State. You had Florida Atlantic. Uh, you had another one, too, down here that I could Oh, U.S. or uh, South Florida. Yep. Uh, Charlie Strong. But I don't know if I want to live in Florida either. Uh, it just Some seems weird like, taxes. Yeah, so. well, there's no state yeah. tax, so that's <laughs> actually a good thing. So maybe, <laughs> actually, that's that's where we should go. And then I looked, and this kind of is, is a shout-out to, to Maggie because on this little website that I'm looking at, it says Hawaii, and then it has their old coach listed, and new coach, question mark. Yeah. So well, that job might actually still be open. And so. so Hawaii, fun fact, put on like the state website, like anybody can apply to be the Hawaii head coach. Yeah, it's, not, so. it's like the only Division one yeah, school so, to ever do that. Like that's actually wow. a realistic possibility for any one of us. Yeah, so if you apply, 
you still have a shot, yeah. listeners. Uh, but I, have I think, you applied, Andy? Uh, I have gotten halfway through the application and then <laughs> asked for references, and I was like, this isn't going to go well. Well, we got three guys right here to speak yeah. up well for you. Jeez. Well, I've only coached with two of them. <laughs> and one's not football. 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 Uh, but so I, I do think I narrowed it down, and it probably goes with a common theme that I've probably had before. Uh, but UNLV had an opening this Vegas, year. Vegas, baby. So I don't know. I, I just love the excitement of Vegas. I've only been there once, and I'm, I'm dying to go back, but I don't have any friends, which I'm not even going to ask you guys <laughs> because I, I know the answer would be a quick and, and abrupt no. But What if we're your assistants? Well, so that kind of gets into to who I would pick. So I, <laughs> oh. I, I am going to go. Me. I am going to go UNLV just because, uh, and I know it's more basketball success, but they have proven, although illegally, that you can have success in a UNLV program. Uh, but when it comes to the assistance, like I said, I, I can't pick the the guys that would actually consider coming to be coordinators for this. So I'm going to kind of go the Scott Frost route where I want to bring the guys that are closest to me up with me as well. So I don't even know who I would pick. Uh, I got Andy here that uh, I've coached with who is kind of an offensive guy, will read any offensive book and probably knows Guru yeah, more about football than I would combine. Uh, I have another friend back home. He, he's uh Kind of create a little six-man football powerhouse. So maybe if I give him twice, twice the people on the field, <laughs> he can do twice the work. Uh, but that would be the route that I would go. And I, I was saying earlier, like the the coaching is just getting recycled. So like I don't want another guy that's been to four other jobs and brings his own baggage. And I, I just think it would be awesome to to kind of build a program, even if it wasn't successful. It would be awesome to have the guys that you knew. And build the program with the guys that you know, and so that's where I would go for for my my coaching tree. So uh, that's where I'm at. I'm in Vegas. Danny, I think, went to Colorado State. Uh, Butler's in uh, San Antonio. Brandon, where are we where are you going? Well, for me, I'm gonna go with uh, Hawaii. Actually, yeah, this yeah. warm weather. Um, their coach left to go to uh, Washington State. And they ran a lot of air raid there, a lot of spread attack. So I feel like I could bring a little my knowledge of the Tony Franklin offense and the spread attack there and go with a lot of shotgun, but maybe be a little more balanced, commit more to the run than they do, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but that's what I would like to do. And then so my first hire that I would bring would be Aaron Feld, who is the strength coach from the Oregon Ducks. And so I'd, I would have him there. He'd be my first hire uh, to install what they're doing. He's had experience in the Pac-12, experience in the SEC. And uh, if they let you have your strength coach be your associate head coach, that's what I would have him be. Um, and if he could still work with the players during the offseason in that position, I'd like to do that. I don't believe any strength and conditioning coach has ever been an associate head coach before. They should, though, because aren't they right. usually the guy who holds your belt and keeps you from running out onto the field, that, too? So he'd be right there next to you the whole time. And the whole offseason, they get to work with the athletes and everything. And the mustache alone. Solid <laughs> mustache. And then my, my second hire would be a... Uh, this is like from John Gruden's book where he said uh, when he was going into coaching, his dad said the first thing you need to do is find like college or NFL. You find the best. 
offensive line coach in college football, and that's going to be your offensive line coach. And so that's why he brought in Bill Callahan when he went to uh, the Ra- yeah to the Raiders when he went there. So I would bring in who I think is probably the best offensive line coach in college football. Bernie Manis? No. And now, uh, well, he'd he'd be up there, but he's not currently in college football. No. So I'm going to go uh, Rob Sale, who's the O line coach and O coordinator. He'd be my coordinator as well from Louisiana. And I know Andy told me I'm not supposed to add it, but Lafayette, I have to add it to the end. I can't leave it out. Uh, from the Raging Cajuns. I was looking at Football Outsiders and all their ratings. Like the last five years, they've been like top five or top ten in every category, straight across the board. And they run a lot of kind of spread stuff too. So he would he would be on board for that, and then we would just find some coordinator who could run a 4-2 defense for us. And, you know, just I'd just say, hey, Shut them out on every play. That's some six-man uh, stuff there for two defense. And let us do that, you know. <laughs> so that's yeah. a, that's what we would do for for that. One of the cool things about Hawaii, and I don't know if they do it before every game, but any Hawaii game that I ever watch, because they're so kind of tied down to the state and to the culture, mm-hmm. is when they get out on the field and do, do the Hawaii. I don't know what it's called. Polynesian. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, I don't even know what they're doing or what they're saying, but that gets me pumped up. Like Nebraska had a lot of good O-linemen from Hawaii, and so I feel like we'd get a good pipeline. pipeline. Would Brandon do that dance? Oh, I'd You're pay dang to right. See that. I'd pay to see You're dang that. right. So, like, with all this stuff, some of the listeners may be thinking, you know what, I wish there was some way that I really could take over a college football team, but – not be able to leave my current situation and everything, you know, just to do it for fun. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a way. And uh, this isn't an actual commercial, but I'm just going to put a little plug in there for uh, Wolverine Studios. It has a game called Draft Day Sports College Football 2020. And it's a college football simulator. You can pick whatever team and you choose your recruits, you design your offense and defense coordinators, your it's offense, you can design new plays and all the packages and personnel groups, and then you coach the games and you get to see the plays unfold. It's a pretty sweet little game. It's you know, fun. it's not like where NCAA football was where you could control the players, but you can you so if you really know what you're doing that. on that bad boy. It's pretty sweet. I, rec- I recommend giving it a, a look. It's, and you uh, get a free demo. You get a free demo. You can get it from their site at Wolverine Studios. Or it's going to be on Steam here probably in about three or four days. And they have college basketball, pro NBA, and NFL. Yeah. So they've got and golf. Of, and yeah, I don't know yeah. how the golf works. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Like you whiffed. Whatever <laughs> you know is, I don't know. But uh, the football thing is pretty sweet, it's you know, fun. and it's it's a it's a good little strategy type game there. I just revived my Clash of Clans village after three years of dormancy, so that's going to be taking up a lot of my time moving forward. Understood. Well, it, on the soccer Understood. bus, if you see me with my laptop, that's when I'm playing this draft. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, anything else y'all want to add before? I'm just glad you know? Kyle chose UNLV because that's another. That's going to be the Nebraska pipeline right there. They had Barney Cotton on the staff. They had his son Sam was coaching there and former quarterback Cody Green were all on staff a few years ago before Tony Sanchez took over. Didn't think I knew Tony Sanchez took over, did you? He's a high school coach. Anthony? No, Tony. Oh. Just Tony. I didn't know any of those guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, former yeah. Eagle great 
Randall Cunningham and uh, his backup quarterback, ESPN's own Kenny Main. Was, really? Yeah, yeah, two story. That explains a lot about Kenny Main. Yeah, he's backup quarterback to Randall Cunningham. Kyle, that's in my top five favorite cities, Las Vegas. Want to go sometime? Yeah, but I mean, I didn't get mentioned as a as a uh, assistant coach, but I imagine like in, if I hang around enough, I'll pick up some sort of job. Offensive end. Yeah, but no, <laughs> like. I'm I'm serious now. Obviously, the running joke is is that when I said we should do a, go to a bowl game, I got shot down quicker than anything. But I I I am down for bro trips and guide trips at a drop of a hat. And Vegas is is probably the most <laughs> accessible city to get to that there is in this world because obviously Vegas just wants you there because yeah. they know they're going to make money off of you. And they only want you there for like three days. But mm-hmm. like you can fly out of, of Grand Island, you can fly out of Omaha, you can fly out of Denver, and it's it's super cheap because they, yeah. they'll work in the motels oh. there for you and you can get there for a weekend or a long weekend for You could have a $100 budget bucks. or a $100,000 budget and there's like a trip that will just, you know, yeah. a way you can do it that will fit whatever your budget is. Yeah. And I've... Like, I only went once, and I stayed there for an entire week, which a week in Vegas Holy is probably moly. too long. Uh, <laughs> Come back sunburned. But I'm, I'm ready to go back. Be, and, and now that we're into sports and, and anything that you can do with the sports, I think it would be a blast. Nice. Yeah. Well, Things you, know you can do with the sports. When in Rome, <laughs> stay in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. It's in the brochures. <laughs> so uh, as we wrap this thing up here... Any uh, extra points from you guys? I got nothing. I because I'm trying to just get home and I'm gonna knock out a couple more chapters of uh, Game of Thrones. That's all I got. Mine was the UNLV coaching tree there with uh, the old Cottons and Cody Green. So. That was your extra point. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Yep. Uh, my extra point is uh, get to stay home with my kid tomorrow. Uh, no daycare nice. tomorrow, so a uh, little day off worked in there. So. I'm excited. I didn't get to see him much today. He was sleeping by the time I got home, so a little day with day with the Leo. Yeah, enjoy that. That'll be fun. Guess I'll just text you with my Game of Thrones comments oh, yeah. then Save tomorrow. Him. Save them. Means... I think uh, if you hit the upright or the crossbar, it should be worth four. Four? Yeah. Not, not like, are you talking on a PAT? On a regular field goal. Oh, okay. I was going to say, wow, PAT is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that anything. makes sense. Or just one point more than what the yeah. thing would have been. That's so if you're going for one for and two, two, two. So I had a question about like how much would then the Chicago one be worth with the old double doink? Yeah, they would have they would have yeah. won that time again. However, I would have I I thought the perfect way to end the podcast would have just been Brandon's ending it with I think the the doink should be worth four in the podcast. <laughs> Can we try it again? Or just do you have another any other random things you want to just end the pod? Is anyone a random thought? I think that was it. <laughs> Bye. Later.